1: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. PDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: You're listening to and Company with Michael Clark. Brought to you by PlayColorado.com. Saturday mornings at 8. All guests on and Company are heard on the Winners and hotline. And good Saturday morning to you. Lots going on. What a week in Denver, uh, in Colorado sports, all kinds of things happening, and uh, personal and public, but we'll talk about the sports stuff uh, as well. Like Santa, Major League Baseball and Russell Wilson are coming to town. <laughs> Before we get to our planned Selection Sunday March Madness preview, which tomorrow the NCAA tournament bracket will be filled out. We will interrupt the euphoria over acquiring a quarterback for three starters, multiple high draft picks, Russell Wilson coming to town, as we mentioned. And we will ask three tough questions uh, uh, of Ian St. Clair. You can follow him at Ian St. Clair, at Colorado underscore play, playcolorado.com, and at Mile High Report Radio. And uh, happy uh, Saturday for Bronco fans like you, Ian. Well, so we have Ian. <laughs> we had him. So, uh, if you've been following the news, everybody's been uh, been worrying about a quarterback for the Denver Broncos, saying they're a quarterback away from being in contention. I think there are bigger questions uh, that we have th- that we have to uh, solve first. But we'll, we'll ask Ian what you know what he thinks of that when we get Ian hooked up here. Meanwhile, we'll tell you about the rest of the show. At 8:15, we will stay Broncos. And Midwest One Bank's kicking it with Kiz. Mark Kisley, Jimmy Armstrong, and I will debate. Does the trade for Russell Wilson put the Broncos in equal footing with the Chiefs? And the top teams in the AFC West has Danger Russ followed in the footsteps of Brady Stafford uh, on the road to Super Bowl by changing teams. And uh, right now we have Ian St. Clair from PlayColorado.com. Good morning, Ian.
0: Good morning, Michael. And I have not left cloud three since the news of this trade <laughs> came through. <laughs>
1: You're not yet on cloud nine. You're on cloud three. Is, is this a measure of uh, surprising, like uh, uh, maturity, on your level, uh, on your side, or?
0: No, it, it, cloud three is bigger than cloud nine. But I'm just going with the three since it's Russell Wilson's number.
1: Oh, I see. Cloud three. Oh, good one. Good one. Okay, it's bigger than cloud nine. Okay, so we ask. Uh, so as I said earlier. Uh, we were trying to hook you up. I don't know if you heard it, but uh, I'm interrupting the euphoria here for three tough questions to ask you. That's why we have you on to open the show. Um, first question is, what did the Seahawks know? Did they know something? Do they know that dual threat quarterbacks don't stay elite the way pocket passers do, like Manning, Rodgers, and Brady? Uh, uh, and Wilson hasn't stayed elite. What did, they, what did the Seahawks know?
0: I think it's a... Combination of Russell Wilson not wanting to be with the Seahawks. I think he wants to be with an offensive coach and an offensive philosophy that utilizes his talents and doesn't take them for granted. And that's a big reason why I think this trade happens. I don't think it has anything to do with the Seahawks. Because Pete Carroll, I, I, I said this on my podcast with Adam Walnati this week, he thinks it's still the 1940s where you just need a quarterback to hand off, run the football, and play great defense. That's how Pete Carroll thinks you win in the National Football League. Well, that's not what Russell Wilson does. Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback. And the fact that the Seattle Seahawks chose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson makes me think back to the, ni- the early 1990s, where Pat Bowen could have chosen Dan Reeves and traded John Elway. But he didn't because he realizes it's harder to have an elite quarterback than a head coach. And we know Pat Bolin stuck with John Elway, hired Wade Phillips, and then two years later hired Mike Shanahan. This is similar to that. You don't give up franchise quarterbacks, elite franchise quarterbacks. Russell Wilson is an elite franchise quarterback that you don't give up. The fact George Payton was able to make this trade I, I, it still boggles my mind. It doesn't feel real because teams don't do this. I don't think Pete Carroll and the Seahawks know what they're doing. I, I'm i thankful they don't because the Broncos now have a quarterback.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I I agree with an awful lot of what you're saying. I, I, I think that answering my own question, that the last seven games when he played healthy, Russell Wilson showed he still has it. He still has enough. Uh, he still has plenty to be an elite quarterback uh in the NFL. I think it had a lot to do with money, that they didn't want to spend, uh, that they felt hamstrung by the salary cap as it was, that maybe that's their mismanagement, uh, not being able to work with him, who knows what, uh, maybe because he won out. And that there is some Tom Brady stuff, uh, Tom Brady, some Aaron Rodgers stuff here. This is a guy who prepares elaborately. He On yes. the plane home after games, he's watching the game. The next day, he's going through tapes of the other team and delivering scouting reports not just to his own skill players or offensive linemen, but to the coaches. And I, I think he didn't feel listened to or heard in the same way that Aaron Rodgers uh, didn't, hear, didn't feel heard at Green Bay. And actually, I think Aaron Rodgers was right in that case. They made a number of missteps and didn't give him what he needed to get past Tampa Bay when they had their best shot. He couldn't get a receiver open at the end of that game. Uh, and, and they, they could have easily beaten Tampa Bay and got on to a Super Bowl championship. So uh, I, I, I agree with you, and I'll, I'll answer my own question and say uh, I think it's a great trade for the Broncos. So question number two, then, is why didn't Russell Wilson attract the kind of talented additions to keep Seattle elite the way, uh, for instance, he'll be expected to do that here, the way Peyton Manning uh, br- brought in DeMarcus Ware, for instance?
0: I think a lot of it is because of the salary cap constraints that you just mentioned with the Seahawks. I don't think that they managed it that well. And if I mean the fact that that George Payton was able to get an elite franchise quarterback for basically what the Seahawks got Jamal Adams, a safety. Think about that. The yeah. Broncos got a franchise quarterback for what the Seahawks gave the Jets for a safety. So, I think it's all kinds of player mismanagement since they had the Legion of Boom and that great defense and then they drafted Russell Wilson in the 3rd round. I think from the after they gave him that the contract extension, it hasn't been managed that well. And I and I think it gets around the league that Pete Carroll doesn't run an offense that's suitable to receivers, to uh, high-scoring offenses, to uh, any of that stuff. Because the thing that makes me excited about this is Russell Wilson has never been in an offense like Nathaniel Hackett's. And if you look at what Nathaniel Hackett has done the last two years, he is a big reason Aaron Rodgers has won back-to-back MVP awards. Now Russell Wilson gets that offense. He's never been in an offense like this. He's been constrained to handing the ball off and then trying to make do with what on second second and long perhaps or third down trying to make things happen. He's going to be able to really open it up and and let let his talents and let his arm with these weapons Really get to work, and that's what makes me excited. So, I, I think it's a combination of them not having the cap room to add pieces because we've heard stories that Russell Wilson is a big, a big recruiter. And one of the things that I've heard people say since the trade came down is that he's going to be like LeBron. And recruit pre- recruit players to denver now so we'll see how that goes and i the broncos have the cap space i mean they still have around 26 million in cap space even after this trade so that they have the pieces now they have the well the pieces but they have the ability to go out and and fill the right tackle position interior defensive line well, edge is a big one but, yeah, uh, interior D-line, yes. So
1: here's one that Russell could attract right away, but does it fit the scheme? And that is uh, Seattle let go for financial reasons, same reason, that one of the big reasons Russell Wilson's not in town anymore. Uh, Bobby Wagner, they're all everything middle linebacker, a guy who could be a pro football Hall of Famer, and he's not that he, he's not used up as far as I can tell. Does he fit what Denver needs in the middle?
0: I think Bobby Wagner would fit any defense. I think he's just that good. So if, if there's a way to make it work, I would absolutely make a call. I mean, it's just like Lyle Collins with the with the Dallas Cowboys. You don't get players like that to just fall into your lap, but now that you have a franchise quarterback, it's going to attract them to Denver now. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, scheme fit or not, your scheme – that. He would. Bobby Wagner is one of those guys where you could just plop him in on any defense and he's going to make plays. That's just how good he is. So I, if I'm George Payton, if I'm Nathaniel Hackett, if there's interest and in Russell Wilson can get Wagner at least into the door, solidify it. You make your defense work if you can get a guy like Bobby Wagner.
1: Well, it makes sense to me, and that would be really exciting, a, a big addition. Uh, because you do need impact players, he could Wagner could be the Demarcus De, Demarcus Ware of the Manning era, the the giant off uh, offseason signing attracted by a star quarterback. And I guess the final question is the cap room. Um, they were 39 million uh, under the cap. They uh, traded away eight million. They added about 26 million. They, they they fit depending on what website you look at. They have 23 to 26 uh, million dollars on the cap is that sufficient to fill all the holes to replace Shelby Harris to add that inside linebacker who could be an impact player like Wagner can they do that
0: well absolutely just look at what the Packers are doing you just kick the can to three or four years from now and then revisit it I mean that's the Packers were close to 60 million over the cap and now they've got Aaron Rodgers extended to a four year deal. They're gonna they franchise tag Devontae Adams. So yeah, I mean it's just about managing the cap, finding a way to kick it down, turn things around to signing bonuses so it takes it off the salary cap, and you, you go that route. But the fact now is teams are gonna players are gonna want to play for this team now because of Russell Wilson. They know and see what this team is capable of, the offensive weapons, the offensive system, the coaches this is an exciting time now for Broncos country, and it hasn't been that way for six years, and players are going to want to be a part of it. So they may take a little bit of a discount, and I think that's what, I don't know how much of a discount, obviously, but that that's something to consider now because they have an elite franchise quarterback that makes this team an instantaneous contender, not just for the division, but the conference and the Super Bowl. All
1: right. Uh, Excellent uh, encouragement. Cloud 3 is bigger than cloud 9. Thank you for sharing your cloud with us. We won't do the Rolling Stones, hey, hey, get off my cloud. We'll stay on your cloud for this week. Ian St. Clair, PlayColorado.com, Mile High Report. We uh, will follow more of your coverage tomorrow morning on Mile High Report radio uh, uh, and your radio podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. All right. Hey, coming up next, it's Midwest One Banks kicking it with kids. Marquezza, Jimmy Armstrong, and I debate... Uh, does the trade for Russell Wilson put the Broncos in equal footing with the Chiefs and the top teams in the AFC West? Uh, and we'll get into much more of that. Starting at 830, we'll do our Selection Sunday previews. We will have national uh, national figure, Chris Dorch, the uh, editor of Blue Ribbon Yearbook, the Bible of college basketball is what they call it, and it is the best preseason guide, and they do great in-season stuff, too. And we'll go through the SEC as a power conference to start with. We'll get his pre-bracket Final Four champ and Championship. But Midwest One Bank's kicking it with Mark Kisla is next. You're listening to Claren Company with Michael Clark, brought to you by PlayColorado.com,
0: Saturday mornings at 8.
1: All guests on Claren Company are heard on the Winners and hotline.